right. It is great to have you back. Thanks so much for stopping on by. It's not just a Damon Bruce show. It's more than that. It's the home and home with the one and only Larry Kruger joining us over on this channel. Larry, let's go ahead and have the chat room judge our audio quality. It will be judged harshly, but, you know, we kind of need it. Uh, how do you do? I'm doing good, man. Good to talk to you. There we go. Does everyone hear Larry all right? Is everyone good? Or are, are we actually, I don't hear any echoes, Larry. Have we have two radio schmucks figured this out? It appears so. Oh, my goodness. Without echoes. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll find out how harshly the audience will be judging us here in just a little bit. Oh, I got our first. Sounds great. Eric, uh, Ernie Chavez saying, sounds great, boys. We got uh, sounding much better from an original critic here. Uh, Herbar Hills. I don't know what that is, but uh, who that is. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. We are going to go forward then. I'm so glad we were able to figure this out. Larry, man, it is a uh, good time to be here in the Bay Area. Um, you know, obviously, all football coming up in a month or two aside, what we have is a streaking hot baseball team with the San Francisco Giants, and the Golden State Warriors are going to take a big step either towards their future, their present, or away from contending. I mean, everybody's up in arms about what they might or might not do, what trades they may or may not make. I need everyone just to calm down and get this probably through your thick skulls, everyone. Warriors are just going to pick a player at 19. I don't think there's a lot of skullduggery that is about to happen. I don't think there's anything dramatic on the trade front, including Kaminga or Poole. Uh, I think this is what we talked about the last time we chatted. Have you changed your mind on anything here, Larry? Well, I, I don't know what they're going to do to, I mean, you know, what, what they say, the definition of, of insanity is to, uh, you know, do the same thing over and over again and, and expect a different result. I mean, if you ran it back with a group that was too young and too old with not enough guys in their prime and you didn't get it done last time, are you going to get it done this time? To me, I I don't think it makes any sense at all to just run it back. And that's what, what I'm told you, Hold on, but what if I told you that Poole worked his dick off this summer and so did Jonathan Kaminga and they come back as better players and Moody has taken that step forward and Patrick Baldwin Jr. is taking a step forward. Uh, I think the solution to getting better on a team that doesn't have many out of the franchise solutions available due to cap constraints and luxury tag penalty penalties. I think an awful lot of their answers are on their roster. Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, you're so clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond green are going to be better uh, than they were. No, they're going to get worse. And you're facing teams like Sacramento and Memphis that have young teams that are getting better. Um, and your young guys are 20 and 21 and still probably away from their prime. I, 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 you know, I mean, if you just want to run it back and, you know, win, I don't know, 45 games and, and duck out in the second round and run it back, but you're not winning a title this way. And I, I don't think, you know, you, you're going to have to um, be better, get better. And you're going to have to get better somehow, some way. And I'm not, a, I don't, subscribe to the theory that you just get better because you want to get better. Uh, you know, Steph Curry won't be better. He'll be worse. Draymond Green will be worse. And Clay Thompson will be worse. Now, um, the other guys are 20, 21, and they're not going to become 25 overnight. So I, I think you're going to have to, they're going to have to do something to get better. They, I don't, I really don't believe, I think um, Jordan Poole's a broken player. Uh, mentally, he's broken. He's soft. He doesn't want to go to the hole. He doesn't want to draw fouls, and that's his strength of his game. So he, what he wants to do is, in it, you know, sit there and pretend that he's Steph Curry and hang out five feet beyond the three-point line and hoist threes, of which he made twenty-five percent in the playoffs, thirty-two percent in the regular season. So he's fallen in love with um, a game that isn't his. And he doesn't understand what his game actually is. Kerr, unless he has some come-to-Jesus moment, doesn't seem like he wants to play any of the young players. Um, I think they've got the wrong collection of young players. I think Jonathan Kuminga is a huge talent. But I think there's a very good chance he's traded um, tomorrow night. And uh, I think that there's a very good chance that, the, you know, when you heard Dunleavy, 
He's like, we want guys who know how to play basketball. And it sounds simple. What he's really saying is we don't want Jonathan Kuminga. We don't want run-and-jump athletes who we have to teach the game, and we don't want guys who are going to pout. I mean, what did you make of, of Draymond and Kerr bashing, basically, Poole and Kuminga uh, on Draymond's show? I, I per, To me, uh, that was them saying that those guys pouted and they weren't professional and that they're probably not going to be here. I think it was a message more than a roster construction conversation. I think there was they were sending a message, but I don't think it's a message that they were sending necessarily to the front office about get these guys off the team. I just I don't think it's going to happen, Larry. And honestly, I, I think I think it's very cool to crap on Jordan Poole after what was a very weird year for him. And in a very weird year, all he did, this soft player you're talking about, was play every single game that was on the schedule and in the postseason. He is still young and in a weird year, averaged 20 points a game. I mean, I... I, I think Jordan Poole's going to be an absolute stud in the NBA. And coming off him right now, it sounds like a terrible idea. He's your player. He is locked up. He's, I think, only going to get better. I think Moody's going to get better. I think Kaminga, given a chance to get more comfortable, can also get better. I think Steph Curry stays the same. The real two questions are Draymond Green and what kind of contract do you want him to give him right now that he's opted out? And Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, to me, is about as big of an X factor as to what could happen next year because February Clay was fantastic, but the other months of the year for Clay, it was not fantastic. So getting him to buy in to a new role, and it doesn't even have to be a role that is as dramatic as now you're the sixth man, Clay, you don't start. But something needs to happen on that Clay Thompson front, or you got to trade him because this is either a player you're going for. I don't want anyone on just a one-year one-year deal, and that's what Clay's kind of sitting on right now. Is he going to give this team a massive home team discount to stay? Because that's the only reason why I think he stays, or you can actually afford to keep him to stay. I mean, who? I mean, is he going to be a totally different person than he was last year? I mean, he was good as a three-point shooter, but he regressed as a defender. He regressed from two. I just, to me, he's not. I I think in a lot of ways he was the key cog for the Warriors uh, when he was coming up because he didn't care about anything except for just, you know, showing up at game time and playing ball. But now he's got all kinds of issues. Now he's now he's like trying to dial it back to yesteryear. And every time he has a good night, he's like, "Oh, look, I got well, I got this ring, and look at me, and look at me." And it's like I, I I think he's he's some people can't handle the different stages of their life, and I think he's having a hard time handling this stage of his basketball life. And I don't what you said there is totally true, but I also don't think the answer is one that we are going to want to hear. You know, I think for him, he's making $40 million, and he's like, yeah, I'll take one for the team. You cut me down to 35. No, no. I Take one for the team and cut down to 20 or, or less, and he doesn't want to cut down to 20 or less. And I don't want a guy who's going to be sitting there resentful of the organization because they, they didn't want him at his price and this and that. He, doesn't, he just doesn't seem like he should be cool with it. Because he's made God knows probably 120 million dollars in his career. He's probably made another 150 million dollars off the floor through Anta money and everything else. It shouldn't be about it, but it shouldn't be about the money. But sometimes, so many times in the NBA, guys equate their worth to their to their contract. And I think he's just another guy in that category. So if he can take less and be happy and truly be happy, then that's one thing. But I don't think he can. And so I, I think it would be a situation where the same way he was awesome as a, as a player coming up because of his mentality, I think he's a, becoming a cancer because of his mentality because I don't, I don't think he wants to come off the bench. I, I, I sat in for you this summer, and I asked Steve Kerr in one of the interviews, hey, Steve, what do you think of changing Clay's role? And he was like scoffed. And he scoffed because he knew that if he acknowledged um, that there was any viability to it, he probably would have lost Clay because that's what Clay needs that you're the man, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. And it's like, you know what? Sorry, buddy. 
you know, times get, you know, you get older, you lose your ability and you got to adapt to the next role. So I, I, I also think the Warriors are a broken team. I mean, let's be honest. They couldn't even talk about themselves without talking about two different teams. The Giants have young players and the Giants have old players. And you don't hear Jock Peterson going, well, the older guys. And you don't hear Casey Schmidt going, well, the younger guys. They're just a team with older guys and younger guys. But the Warriors allowed themselves to be, we're the old guys with the rings. You guys are on a lower level. You're just the young guys. Sorry, doesn't work. You got to have a, one team. You know, last year was last year. Stop living in the past. Nothing sadder than somebody rolling around living in the past. That so, to me, it's a little bit of a failure on on Steve Kerr and the ability of this team that is always touting its it, it you know how, how well it all communicates with each other. Last last year was a year where that communication went afoul. There's no doubt. And what they do without Bob Myers in the room to put the pieces back together is going to be interesting. And it's going to be a big part of what next year looks like to me. One of the more frustrating aspects of, of all warrior fandom, as I watched, you know, people start hand wringing about a three team trade between the Celtics, the wizards and the Clippers that might go down, which would get Porzingis to Boston while the, the wizards get the poo poo platter while Marcus smart goes out to the, the Clippers like, like these are three teams that, you know, with all due respect to the Celtics, who've been quite competitive. We're just in, you know, the same NBA finals the Warriors were the last time the Warriors were in the NBA finals, but came short this past year. Uh, I, I wouldn't call the Celtics losers, but these franchises win nothing. I am calling the Clippers and the Wizards losers. So it drives me nuts that the Warriors have so proven capable of winning championships, yet. Fans want their cues taken from teams that haven't won shit as to how to go about winning a championship. Like, it drives me nuts. It really does. It really does. Like, anyone who shoots three-pointers at the size of 7'3", that Porzingis is, to me, in my mind, is not the right guy for the Golden State Warriors. I mean, he just isn't. How anyone could look at him and say, yeah, a guy who plays zero pick and roll would be a perfect Golden State Warrior. I, I don't understand why fans here, all they want to do is talk about their high standards while crapping on the very people who delivered those high standards in the first place. The only reason why Warriors fans have high standards is because of, of what they have accomplished recently. And people want to chalk it up to just this, ah, oh, everyone forgot what they're doing all at once. Here's the thing. Nothing's forever. There's no such thing as we stayed good together forever. We stayed young forever. We kept on winning and the winning never stopped. Eventually things slow down and there's no amount of, well, I want a winner that changes that natural life cycle of a team's championship window. This is a closing window. Here it is for the Golden State Warriors. Can they reach one more NBA finals with Steph Curry? That's the question. There is no more. And for the next nine years, they dominated the NBA. That there is That doesn't exist anymore. You're at the end of that. You don't restart it again. It doesn't just happen again. Well, I mean, it, it, it's all based on the, your, your moves. If you make good moves, if, anything's possible. If you make bad moves, anything's possible in a negative sense. I agree with you that generally... Um, you know, you don't see teams keep it going, but should you not try? Should you not try to keep it going? Because it's unlikely that it will keep going. I mean, they they built this dynasty by getting an undersized two guard that people thought couldn't play, uh, who now became a point guard in Steph Curry. Uh, they took Clay Thompson when people didn't think Clay Thompson was that great, and they got Draymond Green at thirty five, and so. That's how they built their dynasty. So should they, and it was, and what was that? It was the ability to see through what other people didn't see. While the Kings saw Jimmer Fredette, the Warriors saw Clay Thompson. That was Jerry West. When David Kahn saw, you know, Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn, um, you know, Larry Riley and Don Nelson saw Steph Curry, you know, so, 
I'm where while people saw Draymond Green as a as an undersized, out of shape uh, combo forward, it didn't fit. The Warriors saw a special player they could run, you know, they could run their run their offense through, and it could be a facilitator, shot blocker, and they they saw the future. That's what tomorrow night's about. I guarantee you, there are guys who are going to be drafted after the lottery who are going to be way, way, way better than guys that are drafted in the lottery. And so the question is, do they see it? Now, the, the one thing I love, Damon, is I love what I'm hearing from Mike Dunleavy because I think Mike Dunleavy, and I don't know if it's his idea or if it's their idea, it really gets, doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But when he came out and said, we want players that know how to play basketball, and then when he further, when he added, when you read his comments, you could see that they understand that you need shooting. You need really good sh- guys who can make shots. I think that's a big part of it. At the end of the day, what was Clay Thompson? He was a pure shooter. What was Steph Curry? He's a pure shooter. So what's Jordan Poole? He's a phenomenal shooter, right? Um, so that's, I really think they're on the right path. Now it's just a matter of, can they pick the right guys? The best shooter in this draft is Grady Dick from Kansas. And he may go 10. He may go, I'm looking at NBA draft.net. I've seen him as high as eight. Um, and I've seen him today. They have him at going, uh, 13, I believe. Yeah. 13 or 14 to, or 13 to new Orleans. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's that he's the best shooter. Jordan Hawkins, who I think is one of the best shooters I've seen in years from Connecticut, who shot Connecticut to the national championship. Six five two guard. They have him going 17, a couple spots in front of them to the Lakers. And they have the Warriors taking Chris Murray, Keegan's Mur- Keegan Murray's younger brother, or twin brother, I should say, who's kind of a lefty version of Keegan. There's some flaws in his game, but he's got a beautiful buttery face-up shot. So I like the idea of that. Um, I think it was one of the guys in ESPN said Brandon Podzimski, who's a really nice player as well for Santa Clara, the Illinois transfer, went to Santa Clara, became WCC Player of the Year or whatever he was this year. He's kind of a 6'5", 2 guard. Some people have him going to the Warriors. I'm a huge fan of this kid, Tristan Vukovic, from Serbia, who has got a little bit, a little bit of Dirk Nowitzki in him. He's a tremendous shooter. Seth Lundy from Penn State, tremendous shooter. Um, I, you know, I think it will be interesting to see if they wind up grabbing somebody like this, but I definitely think they're on the right path if they're looking for um, skill because skill means that you can play right now. Play right now means you can play for Steve Kerr. Kerr's not anti-playing young guys. I've talked to him. He's not anti-playing young guys. He's anti-losing games, giving young guys minutes while they develop their skill in the NBA. He who doesn't want that. He wants you to develop your skill somewhere else, not a game time. And I'm I totally would agree with that. So and at the same time, you can't take a super polished player like a Jaime Jaquez, who's got low end potential, but he's polished. So you gotta find the you gotta find the guy who's got skill, but also has room to improve, but also is ready to to give minutes to it maybe as soon as next year and can be in your rotation. It's a very select few guys. There's probably I would say five to six guys who fit that description in this draft. The key is drafting one of them. And it's, well, the key is one of them actually getting the 19 or the Warriors getting aggressive trading up to find that player. Look, yeah. I don't see a single mock draft that's got Trace Jackson Davis going ahead of the Warriors pick. Uh, maybe it's Indiana. What do you, you think? Know, I am? Cream and crimson coloring my eyeballs. Larry, I think he's. Kevon Looney light. He's the right front court player that they need. He runs the floor straight up rim runner who finishes better than Looney protects the rim rebounds and doesn't play outside of the game that he knows he has Dale Davis with his dad. I mean, and the warriors have done very well drafting players whose fathers were in the NBA and he knows who he is and he's not going to try to be who he isn't. And I think that that's the kind of player that could come in at 19 and get minutes for the Warriors. I mean, look at it this way. He's better than Anthony Lamb. I'll tell you that right now. He's better than Anthony Lamb. I will put my house on that. He's going to be a better NBA player than Anthony Lamb. Um, So They're uh, different. I mean, it's funny. The NBA Draft.net compares him to Trey Lyles, who's got an outside shot. This guy doesn't have an outside shot, but I will say this. 
in the workouts, they're saying that he's demonstrating a little bit of an outside shot. But what I love about him, Damon, is that I think everything you said about him is spot on. I mean, you're an Indiana fan, you know. But I, but I think there's like, a, to me, the one thing I always look for is your ability to pass. And this guy can pass the ball. He, he can block shots. He, he can rebound. Yeah, he's, he sees the floor. He, he, he can make other people better. Um, I think he's kind of a cross between Draymond and Looney in that he's probably an under he's probably an undersized five. I mean he he's probably a five in the NBA. He's probably a, a, a and and I don't know that he's ideal to play with Draymond, but he might be the replacement for Draymond. As far as I love his rebounding, the guy went for twenty a game in the Big Ten. He's coming off a tremendous year. He's a rebounder, shot blocker, uh, scorer inside, passer. The only thing he hasn't really developed is any kind of an outside shot, but I think there's reason to believe that can happen in time. We're talking about a 23-year-old player. He's, he's still young. He's not 19, though. He's right. 23. Um, but, well, yeah, I, I like him. If, I like Draymond wants to, if Draymond wants to swing on him, he didn't go to Michigan. This kid swings back. So I'm, I'll just say that right now. Um Look, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are uh, weighing in here on, on the chat, and I want to bring up a few of the comments because I think a few of them deserve a little addressing. Uh, we'll start with Robert Bryant. Uh, Robert, I don't recognize your name necessarily, so thanks for coming in. Maybe you're a, a, a Krug Channel guy who's come over here tonight. If so, please subscribe. It's the best way to get the home and home. Um, love to see new names in the chat. Thank you very much for showing up. Kerr still believes he can win with small ball. I still believe that you can win with small ball. And the problem for the Warriors is they got caught in between trying to get a bigger basketball team and playing small ball all at once. And when in doubt, when Kerr is cornered, he goes back to his small ball tendencies. I, I, look, as long as Steph Curry is leading your team, small ball is going to be the ball that you're going to want to go out and play. There is no center, a true center, who has been anything more than a square peg when it comes to fitting that player into the Warriors. And, you know, outside of Andrew Bogut, who beyond some injuries could have had a Hall of Fame career. Like, that's how skilled Bogut was as a big man. You talk about passing from the low post. Bogut was a tremendous passer. Um, I think the Warriors need to embrace who they are and stop trying to be who they aren't, which is a team that is going to match you big for big and try to bang with you down low. The best Warriors are going to do to bang down low is Draymond's feeling frisky tonight and Kevon Looney's here to play. Like, that's that's what they got for banging down low. So I just don't think that, that trying to get big in the Steph Curry life cycle is a real tangible X marks the spot to returning to the NBA Finals. Um, now, if you... You know, or trying to get past Jokic, then maybe you got a problem there. Jokic is going to be a problem for a lot of teams in this league going forward. You can see that. Um, another comment here, Larry. Um, well, well, I tell you, before we go to the next comment, just what do you think of the, the the Warriors sort of lying to themselves about their own identity? Well, I mean, we're putting labels like small ball and this and that, but um, I think it just really comes down to the players that they have have to complement one another, right? So if you have a Draymond Green out there, if you're going to play another big, that big's got to probably be able to stretch the floor and be a little bit more skilled. You can, I don't think you can have on a five-man team two non-shooters on the floor and you know for extended periods of time. You got to have a little bit more uh, diversification of shooting. So um, and I just I really believe that you just you you can't quit on the on young guys. I mean I the one thing I really have to push back hard on is this notion from a lot of people that because Kerr this year didn't play the young guys, that tomorrow night's draft, they should trade out, get out. It's like, that's the that's loser talk. Because if you're really, really sharp and you're really uh, light years ahead of the rest of the NBA, this is the pool of players that you need to be in. And if anything, you need multiple picks in this in this thing. Why? Because a guy that you draft at 25, if you know what you're doing, can can be you know that's that's a, a great advantage. Um, you're not going to get an advantage in trades. You're not going to get a great advantage in free agency. You have no ability to sign any free agents. Um, they better re-sign Draymond Green because if he leaves, they're screwed. 
I agree with Kerr wholeheartedly that if if Green leaves, they're not a championship contender any longer. A lot of people don't like the fact that Kerr said that. I think it's refreshing. It's honest. It's true. Um, so I think that they, you know, that that the labels of how they construct their team need to be thrown away. It's just really about finding guys who know how to play. And know how to play means they have skills. Pass, dribble, shoot. Uh, those are the skills. And not not like but to me, this draft is going to – we're going to look back on this draft, Damon, in five years and ten years and go, wow, what a bunch of busts there were in this draft. Why? Because the entire lottery is made up of guys whose games are totally speculative, totally not there, and are going – and we're you know, high school All-Americans with great upside but aren't ready to play. Look, you can go back through any draft finding – Eight really good first rounders in any draft is a hard thing to do. I mean, it really is. This league chews up and spits out prospects and talent and skill sets all the time. It's a brutal league. It it really is. Now, this is probably, you know, catering to a guy who came on here to troll a little bit. After all, his handle is Laker Business. But he brings up something that I think is worth our our time to address. And this isn't a troll job back. He says, Bay Area fans are so gullible. Y'all believe in Dunleavy? Okay. So let's just take that on its face value. What would be the reason to not believe in Dunleavy? He has no experience. Well, but neither did the last guy. I mean, to me... Any evaluation is about data. The last guy was okay, but nothing great. Well, I I don't think. Try to say that Bob. We can't say that Bob Myers was great. Bob Myers was good. He was a great communicator. He's a great guy. He's a good. He's a great communicator. But he he kept the train on the tracks. He made some good moves. He made some bad moves. Put in the train. You know, I mean, I'll I'll give you that. He drafting was probably not his best skill set, and maybe Mike Dunleavy. We'll be good at drafting players. We got to find out. We don't. We haven't seen a single yeah. pick from Mike Dunleavy's regime as the general manager of the Golden State Warriors. So trying trying to say that there's no reason to believe in him is ridiculous. And I also would agree with Laker Biz saying, "Look at there. There's no reason to believe in him. This whole thing on Mike Dunleavy Jr. is a wait and see. And it's and not we- even him. Let's be honest about this. He, it's not his call. He's not. He's the guy." It's a collaborative. You've heard Joe talk. The only thing that makes me feel good about their collaborative is one guy, Larry Harris. Larry Harris is a really good talent evaluator. I know that. I've talked to him. He's, you know, I'm not saying he's perfect, but he's a very good talent evaluator. The Warriors also have some very, very good scouts. And also Joe, you know, and his sons, as much as they have no experience, they are passionate as hell about this team staying on top. Now, it doesn't, doesn't mean that they're Jerry West, but, you know, it's not like Dunleavy's rolling into the room saying, you know what, I'm go-, you know, everybody else is saying we're going to go with this guy, and he says I'm going with that guy. It's not, that's not happening. Part of the reason he's there is because Joe's going to be heard, the scouts going to be heard, uh, Joe's kids are going to be heard. But to me, the key voice in the room is Larry Harris. And I, I've got a lot of belief in Larry Harris. I mean, um, he likes a lot of the same players that I like um, in past drafts, and I, I do have a lot of belief in him. I mean, it's odd that a Laker fan would come in here talking big. LeBron James was your GM, you know, so I would pipe down. I, you know, you seriously, I mean, you, you made horrendous decisions, um, and only Rob Palenka's saving your butt saved this thing this year. I mean, you guys were – close to being down and out for years to come. And what Palenka did midseason was miraculous. I don't know if I'd be taking victory laps right now if I was a Laker fan. Literally, you handed the keys to to your to your team and to your franchise to LeBron James, and he, he made horrendous decisions and said, get me Russell Westbrook. So I don't know if I would be pumping out my chest as a Laker fan. Well, yeah, that's probably right, too. And he goes on to say that, uh, you know, 
Draymond to the Lakers is a done deal. No, I, it's it's definitely not a, a done deal. As a matter of fact, I don't even think the first sentence of negotiation has begun. There is no done deal. Dr- look, Draymond's not going anywhere. It's just, he's not, he's not going anywhere. I think he knows to not bite the hand that feeds him. And that hand is not even the hand of the golden state warriors. It's the hand of Steph Curry. And I think that Draymond rolls with Curry more than he rolls with anyone other than his own inclinations about anything. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's trying to tailor a contract that will run totally concurrent with Steph Curry's contract. That's what I think is, is going to happen. He is hanging in France with, with LeBron. And a lot of people saw that and said, oh, he's going there. But if you believe Woj, who's as dialed in as anybody or more than most, he says that it's likely that Draymond's going to get a deal done with the Warriors. I mean, it just depends on where – has ha, have things changed in Draymond's mind since he said he hated L.A. and they didn't want to live there? Have things changed in Draymond's mind since he said at the end of the year that he wants to finish with the guys he came in with? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, is, is the Bob Myers, uh, retirement flipped everything in his mind? Um, I don't know. It's possible, but, um, the, the thing I would say is I don't think the Warriors can just run it back because they didn't win and they, and they're getting older, so they can't just run it back. They're going to have to make some really good decisions probably make a hard decision or two with a couple of key players. And maybe that's Kuminga, maybe it's Poole, maybe it's Clay. But Draymond, I think, is back. Why? Because Steph Curry is, is you know, that those guys play off of each other brilliantly. And I don't think Steph Curry is going to be okay with Draymond leaving. And I think that's a major factor. Larry, last, uh, last time you and I were talking in depth about Farhan and Gabe Kapler, I think the both of us were pretty much saying that even though Farhan's very good on the margins, when it comes to the big things, he'll let you down. When it comes to player communication, agent communication, he'll let you down. And Gabe Kapler, he's a weirdo. I mean, it's just it, there's something about him that is, you know, just a little too polished to be believable at times. And I think that that's all true. What's also true is whatever the hell it is they've been doing for the last month is officially starting to work. The Giants have gone and graduated from a team that's interesting to a team that is threatening to be fun to watch and dangerous to play. They are two and a half back of first place and are cooking with some grease right now. Um, Did we get it wrong on Farhan? Or Kapler, what did we miss in the evaluation, and how did they turn it around if we missed it? Well, I mean, Kapler's still a strange duck. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, come on, you know, if you've watched his video talking about making a fried egg, if you, you know, if you, the intensity with which he carries himself in some of these conversations, he's still an odd ball. There's no question. But what's happened here is that the Giants' farm system has started to produce, and they're not just producing pretty good players they're producing their next championship uh, team you know as leaders i mean this team you can draw a line directly from may may the 9th when they called up casey schmidt and the vibe has changed dramatically yeah and schmidt has schmidt and then you know 10 days later uh here came patrick bailey and then you know a couple weeks ago here comes luis matos and what do those guys have in common they all play in the middle of the diamond and so the Giants are much better defensively in the middle of the diamond than they were. Um, and then they've gotten some great turnaround performances from Lamont Wade, Tyro Estrada, J.D. Davis, Conforto's got hot since he was ice cold in April. Uh, Brandon Crawford's got a 400 average with runners in scoring position. Slater's hitting 430 or something like that uh, for the year. 484 against left-handed pitching. So... The Giants are interesting, and now the question is: their farm system needed to, you know, the needed to step up and and start to bear fruit, and now it is. And the guys they're calling up are not just guys that are up for a day. This is their core going forward. Matos is their center fielder going forward. Casey Schmidt is their third baseman down the road. Uh, Pat, the guy Damon that I think's had the biggest, most profound impact 
is Patrick Bailey. Patrick Bailey is is their best uh, pitcher since Buster Posey. Full oh, no, no doubt. Full but stop. I mean, he's one of the best young catchers I've seen. The throw that he made Friday night at Dodger Stadium to nab Mookie Betts stealing third. Betts had that bag stolen off Doval, and Bailey put it on Schmidt's glove, and Schmidt just made an amazing tag. Uh, Bailey, Logan Webb, Damon, trust Bailey to call all of his pitches. He's shutting down the run game. He's a brilliant receiver. He's a switch hitter, damn good hitter. Giants, the Giants look great, and not only that, they have an option now. They can potentially trade for more starting pitching, or they or relief pitching. Aroldis Chapman's out there. Lucas Giolito's out there. Marcus Stroman from your Cubbies may get dealt if the Cubs fall off uh, in late July. But then the Giants can also say, you know what? We don't want to do that. We'll just call up Kyle Harrison. We'll just call up Carson Wisenhunt. Uh, we had Kyle Haynes on the other day. Haynes called Wisenhunt's changeup a Bugs Bunny changeup, and he throws mid-90s. And then I asked Farhan about it. Farhan said he was a plus-plus pitch. So that's incredible. I mean, I saw it. The first time I saw it, I thought, oh, my God, this guy's changeup is absolutely lethal. The same arm action off the fastball, and he, it's 10 miles an hour slower. So, you know, Wisenhunt's 22. He's in double-A. Harrison's 21. He's in triple-A. Both those guys, according to Farhan, and I asked him this question, he said both those guys are a phone call away and very well could be up between now and the end of the season. So, I'd like to see, by the way, so I was looking at Kyle Harrison's numbers. Yeah. Do you realize this guy hasn't seen a sixth inning yet? No, hasn't he hasn't even seen the sixth they're inning. They're still right? playing him because they know that the, he may be asked to have an innings workload in the end of the year, and I think it's been smart. They, they've been very, very cautious with his innings. The other day, he, he went five for the first time. That's good. I mean, it's a step in the right direction. I will say, though, man, what they've been doing from a positional player rookie standpoint is impressive because it's happened so rarely. Some of these still don't quite, you know, if, if, if they took their hats and jerseys off, you'd never even recognize them on the street. But Ryan Walker, who is getting the, uh, the you know, the, the kind of the, the opener role tonight, we'll see how right. much they actually let him go. Um, this is this is a guy who might really matter for the Giants down the stretch. Um, there are other young pitchers on this team. You know, Tristan Beck all of a sudden. Um, John Bribia, who I don't know if he checks that box of young. He's been around a while, but he's having a really, really good stretch right now. Luke Jackson, hopefully there isn't much wrong with him because he looks like he's going to be a contributor out of the bullpen. And to me, these guys start stepping forward. You can take the guy that you're comfortable to be an opener and turn them sort of into a setup guy. You've also got the Rogers brothers as your setup guys as well. If they can get a decent start through six, their bullshit bullpen should be able to carry it. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Rogers from the left side started slow, but now looks great. Tyler Rogers had a great run. Doval may be an NL all-star. So, yeah, they got a lot of things going well for them Keaton right now. Win, Dude, how about Keaton Win? Keaton Wynn, I talked to him in spring training. He's got a nasty splitter. And it's just, you know, he's another guy. So, yeah, they they Tyro Estrada's had a great year at second base. I mean, you know, really you go around the diamond. Bailey plugged the hole behind the plate. Now Joey Bart is good trade bait. If they want to trade Joey Bart, they can. Lamont Wade has plugged that hole at first base. He's been terrific. Uh, Tyro's been really good at second, hitting close to 300 with like 10 home runs. Um, Crawford has not been great at short, but there's Schmidt there. And uh, J.D. Davis has been an absolute find at third. Now you got Matos in center. Yaz is starting to heat up. You know, they've, they, they, it's really, it's quite amazing, to be honest. But it's also not smoke and mirrors. It's not like, oh, this is just, they're in a lucky run. No, they're not in a lucky run. Uh, it's a, it's a better baseball team. Then you get, they got a good vibe going, you know, some, I mean, isn't it funny how the warriors tried to blend old and new and their vibe sucked and they couldn't possibly, they couldn't even have a press conference without insulting half the team. Um, and it just like, it was like, nobody was, they, they were too young and too old. Well, the giants have old guys and young guys, but it's all working out. It's all working out. And, while that's happening, L.A. has hit a rough patch, 
and has a major starting rotation issue with injuries. They've lost Gavin Lux for the year. The Diamondbacks are on top, but they're leaning so heavily on Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly that it makes you wonder if those guys hit a rough patch at any There's point. Tons. They, they really may, are, though. They're, they may hit. They may really sink good. like a stone. And then this Padre team has got bad vibes, man. I mean, that's an awesome, talented team. It really is. Tremendous hitting, tremendous talent, um, but their their vibe is not good. It really isn't. It hasn't been all since spring training. So I don't know what to make of the Giants. I don't know how legit they are. Um, I'll say this, though. They also have a lot of potential to make a good deal. Like, the Giants are so loaded right now. What if you offered the White Sox, Joey Bart, Marco Luciano, Will Bednar and, you know, some other young prospect and took Lucas Giolito and Andrew Vaughn. Suddenly you've got a team that looks like they could win the National League. So the Giants, you know, the Giants are not that far away. And I'll give Farhan credit. Um, you know, he has stayed, he got lucky, right? Because they went after Correa and then they pulled out. Um, and obviously there was a lot of bad vibes from that what a what a bullet they dodged there i mean they would have had a they were on the hook for 13 years and 230 million dollars and I'll this though the the, the start that Gray is having to this year isn't the only carlos correa you're gonna see going forward i don't think i think you know he's off to a, a particularly bad first half and looking bad but i i don't think we've heard the last of him but the, look it, Dol- if he was here, though, that would have cast a huge pall. Oh, no doubt. Well, on, that's the thing. Uh, well, there would be people going, "What? You got you got twelve more years left to this guy, and he's oh, hitting two ten. And oh my god, it would have been bad. There's no doubt about it. Um, Kapler, odd duck aside, what credit does he get for the vibes around this team, or do you think the team vibes above his vibe, or around his vibe, well, or in spite of his vibe? I, I want to be fair, man, because, you know, you and I didn't have, um, you know, 20-year-plus careers by treating people unfairly. You know, you know, you, we didn't build up um, the kind of years and make the kind of money that we've made uh, by being unfair to people. I think if you're saying, be, you know, let's be fair to Cap, do I think he's a weird guy? Yeah, I think he's a weird guy. I have no problem saying that. But I also think he's intelligent, he's thoroughly competent, and he's intense, and he's, he wants he's to very win. Detailed. I mean, I'll give you, I mean, he's, he's very like, bright. He's a yeah. very bright guy. He's a very bright guy, and it's not like he's doing crazy stuff. Um, I think he he's not only a bright guy, I think he's a guy that learns from his mistakes, which God knows if you're going to make mistakes in life, but if you're the kind of person that keeps making the same mistake – that's one thing. But I would say advise this. I don't care about your politics. I don't care if you vote this way or that way. I don't. But I would try to keep my politics as far away from the field as possible. And I think that's where there's always a concern because he's so wanting to speak out on issues and kind of be the baseball version of Steve Kerr. Right. He's and, he is major league baseball's managerial premier virtue signaler. And it's, no doubt. it's a rough lane to be in on a team on a, in a sport where you got a lot of guys who come out of the South and you got a lot of guys who don't vote like you vote. And there's a lot of guys who don't see the world the way you see the world. And I just think, have whatever opinion you want and carry it to the hilt, but don't lecture your team right. or judge your players if they don't want to do what you want to do, if they don't want to express themselves the way you want to express yourself. I think you got to be a little bit more kumbaya. You know, let's all, you know, it's like uh, you saw semi pro with Will Farrell. Everybody love everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> he needs a little bit more of everybody love everybody instead of you're with me or against me. And right. I think he's learned by that. I think he's I think he's learned from that because I think there may he may have lost some guys along the way in past years. Uh glass half full guy putting a little jingle jangle in the jar. Thank you very much. Glass half full guy for a five spot. That'll help pick up the tip. Very much so. Thank you. Thank you. And uh Larry, I always say the key to show business is leave them wanting more. This was an excellent home and home. This was an excellent audio 
um, go around for you and I over here on my channel. So I'd like to think that maybe we've got it figured out. And we'll well, be we got it. More. We got it now. We got all the buttons pushed in the right direction. We're all aligned and you sound good, looking good. And uh, I think the audio's synced up. It's when you're in the same studio, you know, in one studio, it's much easier. Essentially, we're trying to link two studios, but I think we got all the buttons pushed correctly. I think we got it. And by the way, Irwin is very happy. Um, Irwin's saying, uh, Larry's drinking more water. That's good. Stay hydrated, Larry. We need you. Absolutely need you. And uh, Sportacus weighing in with a, we like to keep the politics off the field. Look at it this way. What ruins a dinner faster than bringing up politics? What ruins a night out? What ruins a date quicker? What ruins a family conversation quicker? What ruins maybe a thing with friends faster than that? So, yeah, maybe we could just all mind our own flipping business for just a little bit and everything goes smoother. Always a pleasure being in business with you, Larry. Thank you very much for stopping on by. Uh, tell me what you got coming up a little bit later on this week, tomorrow on The Krug Show. Yeah, thanks, Damon. Um, we got a lot going on. We got tonight at 7.15, Jesse Naylor will be in the house. We'll be talking a little bit about one of the stories of the day, uh, which was Adam Schefter, you know, basically voicing his opinion again on the 49er quarterback situation. Um, so that's tonight at 7.15. Then after Giants-Padres concludes, Ned Coletti's going to pop on with me on the post-game show, and we're going to talk a little bit with Ned Coletti for about an hour uh, Dan Coach Emilio will be along, and that's from roughly, let's say, the end of the game right around 9.30 to 10.30. At 10.30, Cyrus Satsis from Lockdown Warriors will jump in, and uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Warriors and, and what he thinks of the draft and what he thinks their options are trade-wise. And then tomorrow night, after the NBA draft, um, and I, you're invited as well, Damon, But you know because we love having you, but Frank Red. Cyrus, uh, JD from 95.7, Bay Area Baller, Carl Foster. And if you'd love to be there, I'd love to have you. Uh, we'll, we'll just do a little review of NBA draft night after the conclusion of the draft. And then Friday morning on the, on the Krug show, Larry Harris, the uh, Warriors executive, is going to stop by hopefully and, and uh, rehash the draft and talk about what the Warriors did. And then Saturday morning, I'm, I'm sitting down with a guy that is very interesting as well. He, he goes by the coach. He's been on Grant Cohn's show. He's a very passionate football coach, scout, evaluator, YouTuber, uh, a lot of passion, a lot of energy. That's 9 a.m. Saturday morning. So we got a lot going on the Krug show. Always do. And, uh, and you know, but I'm loving the home and home. I was doing the radio the other day, and first caller we went to, guys like, Krug, I'm loving you and Damon on the home and home. There you and go. Of course, uh, on the radio station, everybody got nervous, but – yeah, did they uh, dump that? Did they dump no, they didn't. Them? No, they this didn't. Nobody dumped this is me. I, seriously, my severance is over, so I can say whatever the fuck it is I want to say now. Um, what pisses me off is that nobody over there wanted me to leave. But now that I had to leave, like nobody's doing anything to help promote, like, hey, go check out Damon's YouTube channel. It's really cool that he's just picking himself up by the bootstraps and doing that. They're treating me like I they caught me stealing pencils out of the freaking filing cabinets. Like uh, That pisses me off just a little well, let me just say this. Let me say this on, on that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll say this, and I'm not pointing the finger at anybody, but the rarest trait in life you will find is courage, true mm. courage, and to support anybody um, who is departed from an entity that pays you a salary takes some level of courage. And um, See, I came in at that. Take, all I say to you I is at that current price point. I don't know if they're hiring at that price point anymore, Larry. Don't. All I would say is don't don't take it personal because it isn't personal. It's I just know. people, you know, when their livelihoods on the line and they're worried about where their next pay payments coming from. There's not always a lot of courage shown, and um, that's really all I can say about it. Really, there you go. By the way, this is perfect. G Martinez, Damon took the red stapler home. <laughs> It's a swing Bye. line. It's a swing Bye. line. I'm going to take it home with me. It's a swing line. Yeah, Damon, uh, we're going to need you to move your desk downstairs. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday. 
Which Great, is greatest movie of all time in some ways. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say I'm missing that work right now. Uh, Larry, <laughs> always a pleasure, man. No misses with us. We hit the bullseye every time we do it. We'll do it more often, especially now that we got this ironed out. That makes me feel good about it. Thank you so much, brother. We'll talk to you again real soon. I told those jackasses I liked Michael Bolton's music. <laughs> How's the other one? His entire catalog. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I celebrate his entire catalog. <laughs> Good seeing you, bro. Thank you, Larry. Larry Kruger, the Pig in the Pickle Krug Show. Make sure you are subscribing. And then do me a little favor. Make sure you're subscribing to this. You hit that like button. We'd appreciate that very, very much. I want to thank Ike. I want to thank Uncle Boys. I want to thank Blackened Whiskey for all they do to help me get up and on the air. And let me tell you, tonight... Boy, oh boy, oh boy, did the IT department get it right. I think we had our first home-and-home home devoid of audio issues. What a night. What a night, not just for me and for you, the listeners. What a night for the internet in general. Everybody goes home a winner. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'll tell you right now, be on the lookout for a Marcus Thompson interview. I'm going to be dropping that on the channel real soon. We go over what the Warriors look like now, what they might look like after the draft, and really interesting answer about how Marcus found out he was a really good writer and should probably go ahead and do that for a living. So we got all of that coming up. Otani Tuesdays. We are now serving the country of Japan. It's Otani information. We've gone across a, uh, an ocean already. We go across both oceans to find audiences, and there's not a Bay Area radio signal that, for the most part, doesn't even reach past the Caldecott Tunnel that can do that. So it is good to be here with you. Thank you so much to everyone who has come out to support what we're doing, what Larry's doing. It means an awful lot to the both of us. Thanks for coming into a home and home. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. I'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. live here on YouTube, Twitch, and we're also putting it up on Twitter as well. Just giving it away for free over there. Look at us just giving it away. Thanks so much. Have a great night.